bag of four grits. I love this year already. Last year, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna be honest. The 2021 ending with Betty White dying really. How wild was that? Did you know? I said. I mean, look. I feel like this was we were setting ourselves up for failure in a lot of ways with Betty White. I think because like it became <laughs> such a gag, it became such a cultural joke and like bit for so long how old Betty White is and how great she is for being so old and like. Mm. <laughs> It was gonna happen eventually, yeah, like, and we were all just like <laughs> setting ourselves a, a up lot for this. Building it up, yeah. yeah. A lot of people were like, "I can't believe it." And you're like, "She was 99, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. pandemic." Like, yeah, like what you can't know, you believe? Did you know that TBS was planning on doing a whole Betty White hundredth birthday special later this year? Oh, <laughs> yeah, wow. there and like, People Magazine. Yeah. <laughs> Because I accidentally got subscribed to like a like a People magazine for right. you were the some dentist reason. for too long and it just <laughs> happened. no they I because I called to cancel it and they were like hey um I was I was like I don't want this and they were like it's actually a promotion so it's free so it's right. fine I don't have to like and I was like what a terrible promotion why would <laughs> you give me the product out for free <laughs> and then not tell me about guess it guess what I got. In the mail yesterday. Speaking of, what people magazine. Entertainment Weekly with Keanu Ooh, and Carrie Ann Moss. Look at that, because I subscribed to Entertainment Weekly. So I paid good. money for it. Yeah, well, you could have gotten that for free. I pay money for it, but they bathroom. He's got Entertainment Weekly in it. <laughs> they only they only send me those issues like once every other time, though. It kind of makes me upset because I do pay money for them. And in the yeah, last four months, I got the October one and the January one. And I didn't get well. August either. So, like, <laughs> the last four months, they just sent me two random ones. And I'm like, I did pay for this. I wish I could have yeah, the magazines I like yeah. that I paid for. Anyway. Uh, uh, Keisha, speaking, how was your Christmas? Mm. Oh, it was great. So good. Chill. Yay. I, like, all of the things before, because I went to Calgary for Christmas, so then I, like, drove back on the 23rd and then just chilled for a few days, had Christmas with my dad's side of the fam, mm. just living, lived it up. Living large. Yeah, like Larry. <laughs> Do you want to show, this might be though. podcast content, do you want to show what I got you for Christmas, Keisha? Oh, yeah. it's all the way downstairs. It's, oh, it's okay. <laughs> no, we can maybe we can bust it out later. Picture this. Oh yeah, I'll do a reveal next. <laughs> there we go. Uh, uh, this is not just me bragging; it would be relevant to a podcast we did. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it was good. It's a it was a good gift. You want to know how I ended my uh uh year this year? I mean, I was driving home yesterday. Long drive, mm-hmm. but quite yeah. dangerous for part of it. But I lived. <laughs> I stopped in I stopped in Boise to go to my favorite comic book store. They've got a really good comic book store in Boise. And I went in there and f- first things first, uh they had a comic book that I've been looking for for a really long time, Daredevil 181, the one where Bullseye stabs Electra, one of my favorites. Uh they had it there for like 25 bucks. I walked in the door and there was somebody buying it. Like as I walked oh, in the no. door, I was like no, and the guy I was listening. I was so upset. This is me gatekeeping fully and completely. I was I was listening to the guy who was checking out, and he was talking to the guy behind the counter, and he was like, "So remind me what's 
cool about this issue again? Like, why is this one important? I was like, you oh, don't no. even fucking no. know. You don't even know why this is cool. You don't deserve it. I deserve <laughs> and it. And you're taking it from me. Yes. Literally. <laughs> so then this I bought- This isn't a butthurt thing. You're literally taking it from me. <laughs> so oh, then- I bought a different comic book for $20, which was a Venom comic book that was, like, the first appearance of uh, a bunch of the, like, minor symbiotes. Uh, So it's, like, kind of a cool issue, and I was like, this is fun. First appearance of the character Riz Ahmed plays in Venom. Uh, I was like, "Eh, 20 bucks, good deal. I'll grab that. Impulse purchase. Got home. I realized that I had it already. I had forgotten that I had already purchased Uh. the comic book, so I did that. And then I almost died in eastern Idaho. And then I got home and went to bed. That was the end of my year. So there's nowhere oh, to go know. but Did up. Did you done? Nowhere dirty to go but yesterday. up. Damn. Uh, you got to avoid Idaho this year. <laughs> Idaho yeah. bad. Get, bad I tidings. think we should all live by that. Everyone avoid Idaho this year. <laughs> uh, so hey, what's up? Welcome to Cool Takes, the only bad movie podcast where the bad movies are good. Actually, every week we have a guest, or sometimes we don't. Uh, Sometimes the guest is me uh, to defend an unpopular or bad movie as fully and sincerely and unironically as we can. My you know, name. Sometimes you just need to be your own guest. You know, it's true. My name is Jackson McMurray. My name is Adeline the two McMurray. Ooh, the two. My name is Keisha Rhodes Reloaded. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Keisha Rhodes Reloaded Rhodes. <laughs> You know, <laughs> can we start over? <laughs> I tried to, I tried to do our intro without it ha- having it in front of me for the first time today. I thought I could nail it. Didn't. I forgot the last part. It's fine though. That's fine. We'll move on. It's a it's new okay. year. That's my New Year's resolution. Yeah. Have that memorized and not have to have it in front of me. And it yeah. sets a good precedent for the new year. Just go for it. <laughs> Just and do it. And if it doesn't work out, yeah. whatever. Don't so be afraid this, of failing. This yeah. month is our Wachowski month. I think that the Wachowski sisters are important figures to me within the context of this podcast because, like, I I don't remember if you made this joke already, Keija, but, like, every movie that the Wachowski siblings make is like that Back to the Future meme where he's like, you guys might not get it, but your kids are going to love it. It feels like (laughs) every movie the Wachowskis have made since Matrix it has come out and people have been like, what the hell is this? We don't like this. I don't this. know about this one. Yeah. And then like 10 <laughs> like years later, and then like 10 years later, people are like, well, hold on. <laughs> maybe, maybe we yeah. didn't give Actually, this a fair it's shake. Good, maybe. Uh, yeah. Um, and I've been seeing it a lot with the matrices, uh, which is the proper plural of matrix. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's true. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, and you see it with speed. I think the biggest one is probably speed racer. Like speed racer has had like an extreme, resurgence of how much people like it um but i see it with jupiter ascending all the time i see it with cloud atlas slightly less often but still some that's the most recent one so i feel like that's still getting its getting its time in the cycle and i am just excited about the new matrix i think the new matrix is really good and a lot of people don't necessarily like it very much surprise surprise because it's a wachowski movie it's gonna take us 10 years to figure out why it's good i'm ahead of the curve I think it's good already because I'm so smart and great. Mm. Uh, So we decided that we wanted to just go whole hog and do a Wachowski month. Uh, So this month, if all goes to plan, we should be covering Matrix Reloaded, the new Matrix, Jupiter Ascending, and either Matrix 
Revolutions or Speed Racer, depending. Speed Racer. We're still figuring out some details, but this or is all of Sense Eight. Or all of Sense Eight. Do you, I mean people liked that show when it was coming? No, I guess I forgot like that that was a Wachowski project. I think it's like a cult, a cult thing. Yeah, cult following. Maybe we should. Maybe on Patreon. <laughs> we maybe I we watch twenty hours of television for a fifteen-minute Patreon episode. <laughs> Amazing, perfect. Um, That's classic. But uh, yeah, so that's that's what we're doing. We're talking about Matrix Reloaded today, which I love. I have especially very much come around in the couple of times I've rewatched it in the last year or so, and which you two have not seen at all, correct? Ever, yeah. This was my. I first think time, I, first the feeling. last time that I watched The Matrix was when it was probably my sophomore year of high school, and we watched it in the backyard on our projector. Mm that really struggled with projecting black and also green. Right. So The Matrix was maybe a difficult film to watch on that projector. Like, the and that was the last time I watched yet. The Matrix. Right. Yeah, and so. you know, The Matrix, masterpiece. Everybody knows it, everybody loves everybody it. Likes Red pill, blue pill. Yeah. It's very... It's, trench coats, it's glasses. cultural significance is, uh, is very extreme. You want to know my, my favorite... First... Oh, go ahead, Keisha. Oh, I was just going to say my first exposure to the Matrix was Shrek. Mm. Um when Fiona does the like freeze With- <laughs> she does the <laughs> right. fight scene Bullet and then time. she like mm-hmm. brushes her hair out of her face and that was the subver- subversion. Ooh, Ooh very timely think- parody at the time. Yeah. But I didn't really watch the Matrix until I was an adult. So Which is good. The Matrix movies all three of them have kind of a special place in my heart because it was one of the movies that like my dad was really excited to show me. When I was turning, like, 14, 15, it was like, maybe Jackson can watch some R-rated movies. Me and my dad watched all three of them together. Um, and, you know, this was when I was at probably, like, a freshman or a sophomore in high school. Um, and we watched The Matrix, and I was like, incredible, great, this is the best movie ever. I'm 14, this is magic. Uh, <laughs> and then when we watched the second one, because my dad likes all these movies. Um, mm-hmm. But when we watched the second one, I just remember... You know, not really being as sure about it, being like, this is cool, but I remember asking my dad a lot of questions while we were watching it, and him just being like, uh, I I don't know, Jackson, just- (laughs) Is that a person, or is it it a robot program? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Who's to say? It's the illusion of choice. The illusion Mm. of choice and love. Those are the two big themes. Those are the themes. Determinism- Yeah. And that will. love is good. That's what's good it is. about it the movie. Happens. I this is it's gonna worth be all of humanity. Love is <laughs> yes. Good. This is gonna be one of those uh, Venom versus Carnage episodes where I have like a dogma. I have like a, a paper written that I'm ready to present to you guys, and I don't uh, want it to take up the entirety of this thing because I want you guys <laughs> to share your perspectives. But I. I feel like I fully and completely have, like, put this movie together after, like, five years or whatever it's been. Like, I I fully and completely get it, and I love it so much. Well, so you have figured it out after five years. You have to understand where I am coming from, where last night was New Year's Eve. You may have heard of it. So I drank alcohol, and I did not drink a lot of alcohol, but I drink more than I regularly drink. So that makes me very sleepy. Mm. And so then I went to bed and I woke up and then went fuck, I have to watch Matrix Reloaded. Yes, the best so, movie ever. 
I watched 45 minutes of it last night and then woke up early and watched the rest of it. And let me tell you, that was the wrong headspace to be watching Matrix <laughs> right. Reloaded because I had no fucking clue what was going on. That's okay. And I tried my hardest to figure it out. <laughs> That's okay because I could explain it to you. I mean, okay, Keisha. It's, it's not just about what's happening. It's about how you feel about How you happening. feel about what's exactly. happening. So, like, Keisha, I, yes. I wouldn't... This movie feels a lot like Tenet to me. I don't know if it, it feels that way to you. This movie has a lot of Tenet in it. It does. But you Tenet don't seem to be as excited about it as you are about no, Tenet. No, I think it's good. I think it's good. Okay. I think it's good. But like Tenet has timey-wimey problems <laughs> and I love timey-wimey. Right, right. So it's like Tenet minus timey-wimey, which is still good. I think your explanation of it's an odyssey of just, you know, <laughs> Neo going around. It's very Grecian, and I yes. appreciate that. I no. think it's great. We go to A to B to C to D. We're just doing our things. Yeah. I, I texted the group chat as I was finishing it this morning, and I was like, this is the best movie ever. It's just an odyssey of Keanu Reeves meeting different cyber perverts. And, yeah. like, that's why it's good. Uh, that's why so, it's good. Like, I mean, this movie is, you know... Uh, I mean, the the broader, you know, cultural thing is, like, The Matrix is a masterpiece, but then there's, like, two sequels that suck and nobody likes them. Like, they're just these weird failures. And you hear people be like, oh, and The Animatrix? Maybe that could be a Patreon episode. Maybe we watch The Animatrix, because I've never seen them. Um, uh, sometimes people, like, stick up for Animatrix, but, like, just in general, like, The Matrix sequels, like, people don't. People My don't stepbrother like them. literally just did last night when I was telling him about this. He was like, The Animatrix... Yeah, people like and I was it. Like, okay. I, I remember very clearly uh, listening to a podcast. What, what's Adam Savage's podcast called? It's been a long time since I've listened to it, but I, don't know. I just it's remember one him of those, being like, like cheeky ones. Yeah, I I remember him on that podcast being like, "The Animatrix is so great and it's so frustrating because it just proves that the Wachowskis still know how to write Matrix stories. It's just that the second and third ones aren't it." To which I said, "Hey, Adam Savage, fuck you. What do you know?" I know better than you. Leave anyway. them alone. Uh, so here's the thing. Here's the thing about uh, Matrix Reloaded. It. I, I kind of want to just like go through the movie. Maybe it would help Adeline if we just kind of go through the movie beat by beat. Maybe, I knew what we were doing right. moment to moment. The why and the where and the who were yeah. all very disorienting. Right. And here's the yeah. thing. This movie has a tenant moment in it, which I love. There's that moment in Tenet where it's like, don't concentrate on why it's happening. Just go with it. Just feel the flow or whatever. Yeah. It's like teaching mm -hmm. you how to how to watch the movie. This moment, during that scene where Keanu Reeves is talking to that old, like, councilman, and he's like, these machines, do we depend on them or do they depend on us? Et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. He has that moment where he says, like, this machine does something to our water. I don't know. I have no idea how it works. But I don't need to know how it works. I just need to know why it needs to work and what it does, what the product mm -hmm. is, right? And I feel like that is the tenant moment where it's like, it's okay if you don't know exactly how this is working all the time, as long as you get the broader strokes of what we're trying to say here. I love that in a movie. I love when a movie tells you how to watch it. I think that's very good. Just don't worry about it, bro. Uh, <clears throat> we don't know everything about this world that we exist in right now. It's true. 
But you know, know what? I still get up in the morning. I, I have to pay taxes. Right. I pay rent. And Dialogue isn't good in real life. Why does it have to be good in the movie? <laughs> Except it is good in this movie and I'll fight anybody. <laughs> I like the thing about this movie is that it is, you know, it it can feel a little bit formless, I think, because a lot of what it's doing is just setting up a lot of breadcrumbs setting up a lot of thematic ideas and practical world-building ideas one after another leading up to this big reveal at the end where everything all kind of mm-hmm. comes together and you, like, figure out why the rest of the movie has been so confusing up to this point. Yeah. Uh, which makes it kind of more of a second-viewing experience than a first one, I will admit. Um, but, like, so Matrix, right? Ma- Neo, he's like, am I the one? Is the one even a real thing? Let me talk to this fortune teller. She's like, you're not the one. Then it turns out he is. He's like, oh, this is so crazy. I am the one. Uh, and Just like the Lego movie. You realize that, just like the Lego movie, and you realize <laughs> that the Oracle was telling him he wasn't the one because that was what he needed to hear in order to become the one, because she knew that he was. You know? Which, th- I Just, think that's worse than the Lego movie. I like the Lego movie version <laughs> better. Um, but uh, uh, this movie begins basically with a lot of, like, sort of world-building about Zion, like the place where they all live. Mm-hmm. It shows you, like, the council of Zion, their sort of government, the way people interact with each other, the way that... And my favorite thing about the beginning of this movie is, like, Morpheus in the first movie is super cool and interesting and weird and intimidating. And everyone's like, this guy's really cool and important. And then you get to Zion and everyone's like, fuck you, Morpheus. You don't know what you're talking about. And Morpheus Morpheus keeps fucking up all of our shit. He's like Darth Vader in the first Star Wars. Like, this weird religious dude is just fucking (laughs) up all of our shit. Yeah. You realize he's the only one who believes all these things that he's been telling us, like, the whole first movie. And everyone's like, will you lay off with this fucking Neo the One shit? We don't care. (laughs) Like, I think that's incredibly funny. Well, my confusion about- doing our jobs- Yeah. (laughs) My confusion about Zion and a lot of this movie, if all of these people grew up in the Matrix and then suddenly got pulled out of it, there's a lot of children in Zion and I guess that'd be, never mind, children make sense. But the (laughs) people who are in the Matrix and they got pulled out of the Matrix, why wouldn't their culture be the same as it was in the Matrix? Why are they all these weird, like... Middle Eastern inspired, everyone's wearing beige sci-fi colors and everyone is like dancing in the dust. Because they live in a like why they live in a cave. But why (laughs) would they still have their like regular like they don't talk like regular people do except for like Lee. Well kind of actually like you should feel they're from nineteen ninety nine. Just like Futurama is like Yeah. It's been a few generations. There are like But not for everybody. Yeah, not for everybody. They said they pulled more people in the last six months than they have in six years. So there should be a lot of new people. There should be a lot of that, like, modern culture, like, being in Zion. I mean, but you don't have access to stuff. You live in a cave. But, They're like okay, knitting their own shirts out of whatever. But if you were pulled into the Middle Ages magically right now, you would still talk like you do right now. You would still have the same sensibilities. Even if we, all you had was tan fabric, you would probably wear the same clothing. I wouldn't suddenly but be in a But would burka. you, if it wasn't the real you, it was just the Matrix you? Yeah. But I don't think that you can differentiate between Who those two. Say? I don't know why you're so it, hung up on the clothes. The they don't have access the to clothes. They're all wearing like I'm just saying. I think it's weird that suddenly it's a whatever. whole another culture. I don't see, but that's what I'm talking. I'm getting to another point. Right within the Matrix, it feels like we don't 
like on our little odyssey that we do. It feels like we don't feel we don't care about the people within the Matrix at all. We care about them like DC superheroes care about them, where we're fixing a problem that will ultimately save them. But if I cause a 200 car pileup on the highway in order to do that, then it's fine. And we don't worry about all these people that are dying inside and outside the Matrix, you know, like it feels like. There's this weird separation where you don't have, like, a lot of, like, the humanity of the people in the Matrix, like, at all. You don't see it in Zion, and you don't see it in the Matrix. Like, regular people aren't here, period. Excuse me, I'm sneezing. Bless you. I'm very allergic to my parents' dog, (laughs) and I'm still Mm -hmm. still feeling the effects a little bit. Um, We love love Franklin. We love Franklin. Hold on just a moment. (laughs) I'm pulling up uh, Matrix on HBO just so I can... They're pulling up the movie just so I can, like, scroll through and remember, like, the order of events, kind of. Um, Mm -hmm. We get this, like, flash-forward prophecy dream that Neo has of Trinity being killed. Yeah. And that's Mm -hmm. very important to Neo, obviously. Very fun way to open the movie. Kind of like Attack of the Clones, also. Um, Or Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith, I was going to say. But, yeah, so we're introduced to this world. Everybody's weird there's like this council you realize that morpheus isn't like in charge the way you kind of expected him to be people don't really like him and he's kind of doing his own thing um he's like setting up all these plans he has this like little cult of personality around him with people who like believe in the one and want to see this whole thing succeed which you know doesn't have like a plot relevance necessarily but it does have kind of a thematic relevance about like the difference between morpheus's like, set of beliefs and how strongly he holds them as opposed to the rest of the people in the world who are a lot more pragmatic and a lot less sort of spiritual it's than he like is. It's kind of like Harry Potter, where, right. like, sometimes people are like, it's the boy who lived, and other people are like, literally move, I'm just trying to get to potions class. Right. Yeah. Just like that. Um, You meet... Uh, so, y- you meet this weird kid who is like obsessed with neo and you meet this guy whose name is bane who's like a weird cultist who's trying to kill the one he's like an opposite cultist and that doesn't come back up at the end of the movie but it comes in at the beginning of the next movie so i don't know i'll just notice that Um, (laughs) there's just this guy that wants to kill him and you're like oh shit am i supposed to remember who this is you're not he's new yeah that's fun um and then at the end he's like hey i could let's kill him and they're like no and at the end of the movie they put him in to help him and you're like oh fuck he's gonna kill him that's fun well i mean that is that's part of the thing about this movie matrix two and three were both shot at the same time it was one of those Mm -hmm. like things uh and the two movies came out like four months apart from each other like matrix matrix 2 came out like i think it was like holiday 2003 and then matrix 3 came out like summer 2004 like they were like extremely close together they like put them out one right after another so there are some things like that where they feel like they are able to like set up something that doesn't necessarily pay off because people know that Matrix Three is coming out. I just gotta wait a soon. week and then. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and then you get the big party, right? This is important to me. Matrix or Neo <laughs> and Trinity. I keep calling him Matrix. <laughs> Matrix and Matrix. Trinity are are super horny and they want to get back and have sex with each other, as you would. But everybody else yeah. is having this big party. Where it's just like this sexy dance, erotic cave orgy, which is great. And it's important <laughs> thematically, I want to add, which mm-hmm. because I think that like a lot of what this movie is saying 
is that love is like the fundamental human thing. It is the thing that mm-hmm. machines mm-hmm. and logic and determinism cannot plan for. This movie has this whole idea of like very strict determinism, like everything in the world being a series of cause and effect that you can track and plot, but with human love being the thing like in this movie it sort of posits that love is free will like that is the way in which that is the wrench in the machine that cannot be accounted for like love is the thing so having this last community of humans on the planet that are alive and in the real world having this big like expression of that on this like large scale i think is really important and having a cut between neo and trinity whose love is so powerful that it saves everyone in the world is great (laughs) and a lot of people don't like the cave orgy and i think it's great i think it is one of the better cave orgies i've ever seen that i've seen Um, and i like the way that it's framed is really interesting because both scenes kind of do feel like they're on like a stage like it feels like there's a proscenium mm-hmm. around right, them and yeah. like you're meant to be watching this like this is a performance of right. so- of sorts and you're like ooh what's going on here yeah. because the same thing happens during the fight scenes where it's like oh is all of this just planned out is everything just a, a, they don't they don't have any choice in the path <laughs> right. that they're on but they do it's actually not a play for you get out of here <laughs> you don't you don't deserve to watch this right so uh at this point neo first he has that conversation with the guy who explains all these different machines just a good scene where he's like we're dependent on machines to live and neo's like that's crazy just good stuff i don't know (laughs) i think it's cool he's like but what is power like do we have power over these machines that we use to generate our oxygen to filtrate our water do we live in a society they have power over us society live in us and keanu's like well we have power over the machines we could turn them off and he's like not really because we would die and he's like but we still could if we wanted to and he's like is that really a choice remember that is that even really a choice if you have to choose between something you wouldn't want to do and something you would want to do (laughs) like is that actually a choice or is that just you behaving the way you normally would i wonder if that has thematic resonance later in the movie who's to say we'll never know uh neo goes into the matrix goes to talk to the oracle and this is where i get really excited the oracle is saying neo is like so what's the deal with you and she's like well i'm a program i'm part of the matrix and he's like then how do i know you're not misleading me and she's like you don't and he's like huh that's really interesting, interesting. to me <laughs> yeah and yeah uh it sort of just introduces these ideas of these like programs being like characters in this movie that there are like these just people that exist entirely within the like synthetic matrix that like have their own lives and, and whatever. every vampire or ghost or angel right has right. been a program. That's fun. So when two vampires show up, <laughs> you can't yeah. be like, why the fuck are there vampires? Because they told you yeah. why there are vampires and that's, here. That's one of the weird things. Like, she says, like, and there are sometimes, like, deviant programs who don't do what they're supposed to do. And they're sort of mythologized into, like, beasts or monsters or whatever by, by people in the Matrix. And you're like, makes total sense to me. Like, that's fine. And then later in the so, movie, they show up and they've got like fangs and like vampire teeth and stuff. And you're like, they're just vampires. Well, wait, hold on. Like, why do they, why do they follow vampire rules? They didn't rules? get turned into vampires. They yeah. are literally vampires. Yeah, exactly. Like, not even, yeah. 
But so in this, I, I don't remember. So in this world, like, when did the Matrix happen? Like, there was society before, and then we made the Matrix, and the Matrix take took over, right? No, we made robots, and robots killed us all and robots enslaved us. And, okay, and gotcha. made the Matrix. The but Matrix so, like, our whole robots. history was real, and at some point, the Matrix happened. Yes. Like, in modern times. Uh-huh. Okay, cool. Um, the Matrix that, was that just goes like, back to my point be from before that why 90s? isn't there any of our old society when all of the rest of the things of the building blocks of our society are still real? Anyway, whatever. But wait, what? I don't get. I don't get this argument. I'm like, they don't act Never that mind, differently. Whatever. They all just live in a cave. Uh, okay, cool. Um, so and then Agent Smith shows up, and a lot of the Agent Smith in this stuff in this movie is kind of a setup for a payoff in the third movie, but he basically says like. We are connected for some reason. For some reason, part of you has overwritten a part of me, and now we are one in the same. And he becomes this, like, fundamental antagonistic force who can kind of do whatever he wants. He's the anti-one. He's the negative one to Neo's one. Uh, so that he fights a gazillion Agent Smiths all at the same time, and it's great. Uh, Hugo Weaving, incredible. Love him very much. <laughs> Any thoughts, any like thoughts how, on, on this? I like how none of the agents are very good at killing people. <laughs> I like that they just kind of beat up on people for a really long time without <laughs> like trying to kill them. I think that's nice of them. I think it's cool that they do that uh, instead of trying to kill people. <laughs> and the thing is, so this was not the, I think, if I remember correctly, there was sort of an arms race between this movie and the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie. For being the first mm. movie to have, like, mm. full-figure CGI, like, passed off as live-action, right? Mm. And, like, it's... I think it's really fascinating in this movie. Because Spider-Man has it in a very conservative way. There's, like, a few shots of him, like, swinging, and it's just a CGI yeah. figure. But it's, like, only for a mm-hmm. second, and you're like, oh, that's crazy. Like, you couldn't have filmed that in real life. That was all CG. That's wild. And this movie is like, mm-hmm. so everything is CGI. There's 800 guys <laughs> all fighting, and it's all CGI. And you're like, this doesn't yeah, look quite as good like as that. to Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. But I think it's really interesting the way they integrate. I mean, it's just this modern VFX thing where it's like, in this movie, even though those graphics don't look that great, the way that they alternate between real life and CGI feels like it's taking a very practical approach and they only execute oh, yeah. this CGI when they absolutely can't do it in camera as opposed to like modern things where it's just like everything's CGI all the time. There's no there's no correlation. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you can compare it to. It's just like everything is CGI all the time and it doesn't matter. So like even though I don't think it looks that great on like a technical level, like you can always tell immediately like when it switches over to like a CGI guy. Like it's still it oh, still yeah. feels like more real and tactile than like most of those kinds of things in like modern movies, at least to me, I think. It and also, weird, like, oh, I was just gonna say you have the added benefit of being like, uh, yeah, because they're in a computer, dummy. They're computer guys. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're in a computer. computer guys. Yeah, I, it has like a weird like tactile energy to it. Like it, it's almost like it's not goop, but it feels like goop just because it's that CGI style. <laughs> right. Like it feels like he turns like it feels like he turns into like Gumby. It's like oh. He's like, it kind of does fit in thematically. It does like, kinda, yeah. he kind of goes into that uncanny valley. And if he's like delving into the matrix, that like kind of makes sense. It suddenly so you becomes can, you, unreal. What I'm saying is you can put lore around it and it's fine. Yeah, it totally. <laughs> um, so, so this is the point. So the Oracle tells him like, okay, your destiny, you need to go talk to the architect. In order to talk to the architect, you need to talk to the key maker. 
And in order to get to the Keymaker, you have to talk to the Merovingian. And when they talk to the Merovingian, they realize that in order to talk to the Merovingian, they need to talk to Persephone. So this is this is where the movie gets real good to me, where it's just like meeting a parade of weird programs who are weirdos. And it's incredible. Uh, there's also, uh, what's the guy's name who fights him? Who's like the login screen? Uh, it's not Cypher. It's like... No, it's it's like Sefer. Like, Seraph. His name is Seraph, like a sans serif font. But he's just like the Oracle's buddy who's like, I have to fight you to make sure you're you. And it's just like, I don't know, then they fight for a minute. It's cool. It's yeah. good. Yeah, because he's yeah. like, how can you tell? He's like, from your fighting. That's how. That's, Aren't that's you the a best computer way to tell. program? <laughs> <laughs> that's how he's, that's his language. His yeah. love language can't is fighting. Like, his love language is kung see? fu. Why can't he just read the code and be like, oh, yeah, that's Neo. I know him. That is him reading the code. Is the oh, code. I see. Exactly. That's the ah. best thing about these Matrix movies is whenever, like, people are watching people in the Matrix, they don't have, like, video. They're just, like, looking at the, like, scrolls of code and they can, like, read it and they can, like, see what's happening in it. So they'll, like, just look at it and be like, whoa, that was crazy. And it's just, like, code scrolling down. Yeah. I always think that's fun. Whoa, look at this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the Merovingian represents, he's this French pervert who's like an exiled program who didn't do what he was supposed to do. But now he's just living it up, being a hedonist in the Matrix. Yeah, just chilling. And he's French only because he thinks it would be a good bet. He loves the language. <laughs> he loves the language to swear it's like wiping your ass with silk. So great. And he's like this weirdo who's like everything is cause and effect. There is nothing you can do that couldn't be predicted or or forced upon you by cause and effect i can make you do anything i want if i just know the right circumstances to put you in like choices in illusion right and he demonstrates this by giving this woman a cake that makes her have an orgasm and like yeah he demonstrates this by drugging a woman yeah exactly which i don't think is the point he was trying to make no i think it is i think he's like absolutely like violating this woman it's like she has no autonomy i have absolute power over her I can figure out the situation, manufacture the scenario in which I can make you do whatever I want, no matter how much you don't want to have an orgasm in this restaurant right now. <laughs> like, just that is the whole point. Like, he just sexually assaults this I guess, but, like, woman. are we talking, like, are we talking, like, socially I can do things? Or are we talking about literally chemically I can drug you and make you do whatever I want you Both. to do? Both. Because I feel like, to me, those are two different things. They're not. They're all the same. It's all about cause and effect. That's his thing. There are situations okay. that shape your entire experience, whether it's, like, on a chemical level or, like, a social, interactional, interpersonal level. Like, that's all dictated by stuff in your brain, man, which is just chemicals <laughs> reacting to each other. Um, and so, but then here's the thing. He's like, I'm not going to help you. Go fuck off. But his girlfriend, Persephone, very on-the-nose name for a very on-the-nose mm, movie. Yes. It's very good. Uh comes and talks to him because she's angry at him for cheating on her a bunch because that's the one thing that the Merovingian can't account for is love and relationships and the lack thereof. Even in a computer program, she has that weird spark of free will that he can't account for because that's the whole thing about this movie is about how incredible love is between people. So Persephone helps them, gets him to the key maker and shoots a bunch of guys, and this is where the vampires come in. 
which is yeah, great. Uh-huh. They're like vampires with fangs or whatever. And there's not really the weird any... white dreadlocks. Don't ask any questions. Well, yeah, those guys are great. Those are my favorite cyber perverts yeah. in this movie. Are the <laughs> twin albino dreadlock assassins who are ghosts? Yeah, <laughs> they were ghost vampires. Yes. Yeah, one for every film. Exactly, and. It, so, and then there's this, it's the longest sequence in the movie. It goes a bunch of different places of them fighting these like twin albinos who are just ghosts. And I think it's incredible. And, you know, I'm not going to pretend like there's any thematic significance to whatever goes on. They just fight. They're in a museum. He's pulling shit off the walls, fighting them with axes and swords and shields and stuff. And they get on the highway. There's a car yeah. chase. Morpheus fights a guy on top of a semi truck. I have not seen the movie Rubber. About the possessed tire who kills a bunch um, of people. Mm, mm, right. I At know of it. I haven't I seen think, it. I, I like to think back to the movie because it, it did present me with a, a thought that I, I try to apply to movies as frequently as demanded, which um, at the beginning of the movie Rubber, mm. There's the narrator never, he never occurs ever again, but he (laughs) stands in front of the audience and he says, um, sometimes in movies, it's fun if things just happen and you don't need to think about it. This movie sounds good. And it's worse if you think about it and maybe you should just have fun. Maybe just have fun, maybe. (laughs) Right. Um, and then he's like, so we made a movie about a tire that kills people and that's fun. And if you don't have fun with it, it. yeah. Yeah. You're like, sometimes, yeah, sometimes you have to think about like, is free will an illusion and is like, do, is love real or is it just like a chemical process in my brain? And sometimes it's fun to just have a little fight, a little fight sequence. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's what people really struggle with with these two movies because The Matrix is such a like heavy, like intellectual, film like obviously it's dealing with all these things like it wants you to think about things that's the point of the movies to make you think about things but then when they're like but don't look over here don't look behind this curtain which is like the like reality of the film but look at the reality of reality like they want to like keep those two things separate i think that's hard for people to like be very thinking and very deep and very intellectual about one thing but then don't be intellectual about this thing leave that alone like i think that's hard for people to like dissect yeah i think because people love to like know things and get down mm-hmm. to the every kernel like i know what this means yeah i want the encyclopedia of all the lore i want to know exactly but, yeah. what's going on i want to know but exactly then if you why. say sometimes it's just fun to do kung fu they'll yeah. be like yeah no well i mean i don't think yeah. it's like don't look behind the curtain i don't think it's like don't think about this because it doesn't make sense i think it's just something that doesn't that isn't explained it doesn't really need to be it's like there are all these crazy programs yeah. one of them's a ghost <laughs> yeah, like, there's well, no- but they're asking you not to ask. Is I guess what they're so. Doing. Yeah. Like, you can ask about that stuff. Don't ask about this because right. we're not. We don't have an answer, and we're not going to give <laughs> right, you one. Yeah. It's like, but but I think why can't also- I ask about that? If I can ask about yeah. all this other stuff, then why is there a vampire here? That's fair. That's fair. But I I just went and saw the Iron Giant in theaters with Ooh, my sick. family Ooh. yesterday because oh, it's my favorite movie in the world. And we it's it was the extended version where they add in. Um, like there are a couple of scenes that got cut mm-hmm. and one of the scenes that got cut is like the iron giant having this dream and his dream like gets broadcast onto Dean's TV. And so like, you can see like the world where he came from and all mm-hmm. like, like what, how he ended up here and how he's a weapon and he was from outer space. And part of me is like, yeah, that's cool. I like to know why, but also I kind of like just that you don't know where he comes from. Like right. I like mm-hmm. that. I feel like the que- having the that question mystery. and 
like coming up with your own answer is a lot of times better than the actual answer. Right. Which is a lot of why like people get mad at JJ Abrams about Lost. Right. Like mm-hmm. people it's not that well, he didn't have an ending. <laughs> People didn't like the ending because they had been picturing yeah. it in their own minds for so long. Right. So I kind of mm. I like it when like it is just there you don't we don't know. There isn't a definitive answer, but like sometimes a definitive answer is worse. <laughs> yeah. I am so enough. glad that I was just a little bit too young to like be a part of the lost phenomena. Cause man, that just seems like a shit show from like the fandom <laughs> perspective of like all the buildup for that ending. Like every time I hear someone talk about it, I'm like, wow. That doesn't seem like a fun show right. to like be a fan of. I think I'm yeah. going to get into Hard. Lost. Maybe 2022 is my Lost year. Just watch all of Lost. That's yeah. what Maddie's really been saying the too. You and Maddie can start a Lost club. Yeah, hell yeah. I'll do there a Lost <laughs> recap show with Maddie. Yeah. I, by the way, I haven't talked to Dan about this yet, but this is just something I've been thinking about. I floated it to him like a year ago when they first announced it. I want to do like a weekly, when they do that Cars TV show, I really want to see if I can't get Dan to do like a weekly recap <laughs> Cars podcast. Oh my gosh. I think that'd be so fun. Anyway. Um, Maybe it's something I forgot Patreon. to mention. Something I forgot to mention. In the like council back home, Niobe is mm-hmm. Jada Pinkett Smith and yes. the like leader of the of the sort of like council is commander Locke and uh, Niobe and Morpheus used to be together, but they broke up their exes. And now she's with commander Locke, which really informs the way that commander Locke and Morpheus talk to each other when they're planning about the future of their society, Mm -hmm. which just goes to show that these guys are trying to be as objective as possible and solve problems in as clear and objective a way as they can. But it love is the thing that's throwing a wrench in that's influencing the way they interact with each other. It's a sex factor that they can't control. Just saying, movie's great. Uh, where are we now? I think it's interesting. It doesn't seem like Naomi likes Locke, like, even a little bit. Like, it doesn't <laughs> seem like they're even into each other. Right. Like, even the smallest amount. Right. Uh, on paper, they love each other. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> they told us that they love each right. other. Um, so now, this is one of the things that I think is really great about this movie. Persephone takes him to the Keymaker, right? Keymaker is this guy who's like, I'm this program. My whole thing is I can, like, open doors and stuff. And you're like, so you as a viewer are like, wait a minute, what's his deal? Why does he exist? What purpose does he have except to serve Neo to achieve his goals, right? It's like this total deus ex machina where it's just like, I don't know, there's a program that helps him get into doors or something. So that's what you're thinking well, as an audience. You're, you're like, that's kind of cheap. I wonder what's up with that. But then, but then... You find out that that's literally just the case, right? He uses the key maker. He goes in to talk to the architect. And one of the things that the architect tells him is like, this was all planned. Everything was set up in order for you to get here to me. Mm-hmm. It's much in the way that happens when you're writing a screenplay, right? Like, you know what you want to happen and you manufacture the, the events that lead up to that ending, right? In the same way, architect was like, so how does he get to me? I don't know. I make a program that makes keys or whatever that gets him in to talk to me. Because it's all part of it. It's all part of the plan, right? Uh, And this architect scene is incredible. I love it so much. Because, I mean, like I said, it's like this, this reveal, right? Where it's like all these little breadcrumbs, all these little thematic things that they've been building up to, like, sort of come together, where there's this huge twist... Where you realize that Neo being the one, that Zion existing, this entire rebellion 
was just a plan, was just a construct of the Matrix. It was accounted for. They did all this stuff on purpose. They designed the one because they knew that the only way that people would continue to accept the Matrix and continue to accept oppression was if they felt like they had some form of rebellion, right? So, like, Zion existing and the one being this mythical figure is entirely a construct of their oppressors in order to make them feel like they have a chance at something when they don't. So he gets to the architect. He's like, this is the whole thing. This is what you have been prophesied to do. You get here and it's like, I made up the prophecy because I wanted you to come here. And they give he gives them a choice, which is not really a choice, right? It's a cause and effect thing. He says you can either reinsert yourself back into the matrix, start over, let this whole cycle continue. They've done it six times already, right? This has happened mm-hmm. multiple times. He shouldn't be called the one. Very the good place. Really, he should be called the six <laughs> if you think about it. Uh, yeah. Or that's much catchier, right? Or he can leave. And continue to try to fight, in which case he will just shut down the Matrix, right? Destroy the entire human race, kill everybody. And uh, there's that great line the architect says where Neo is like, you won't do that because you need us to survive. And he says, well, there are levels of survival that we're prepared to accept, (laughs) which I just think is a really good line. Um, And, but the thing is, he mentions, right, usually... The one doesn't have a GF, but this one does. And he cares so Whoa. much about his GF that he's willing to make the harder choice and fight to save her as opposed to just sacrificing himself and everyone he loves so that humanity can continue. Every other time, due to this cause and effect that they think they can plan out so meticulously, he expects him to choose to reinsert himself into the Matrix. But because of love, because of his powerful feelings towards trinity he makes a different decision than what they were expecting and that's what saves humanity saves the whole world and it's jackson spoilers they haven't done that yet well they will i mean they don't save the whole world really there's sort of a but it saves a lot of people does good for people a number a number of people a handful of people it's It's impossible to save everybody so anyway, then he does that. He gets out. That sequence at the beginning and the flashback happens where she gets shot and she's falling off the roof. And he goes and saves her. But he knows. And he pulls that bullet right he, out he of her. He reaches right inside of her meat. and starts her yeah. heart manually with his hand. <laughs> it's so I great. I like the part when they were like, he caught her. And like, yeah, we saw it. Yeah. We all saw it <laughs> and he's, Yeah, he's looking at the code and he's like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, yeah. I, I, uh-huh. Yep. He did. So he saves her life. And then the end of the movie, the cliffhanger setting up into the next one is like, okay, I made my decision. So now they're getting ready to turn off the matrix and kill everybody. And there are robots coming to destroy Zion. So like, whoops. Just like, hello. Just like the end of uh, the second planet of the apes. mm, Dawn, rise. Dawn. Dawn Dawn of the planet of the apes. (laughs) Right. Yeah. They've made a decision that has consequences. And he, he has decided even though he knows that his entire existence was planned, even though he knows that he's basically walking into a trap that was designed to destroy everybody, he has to make the decision to continue anyway and just hope that he can overcome the the trap, even though it is a trap, even though it's all accounted for. This movie's incredible, yeah. you guys. This movie's so well, good. It, 
I do appreciate how much of it is like inspired by like old Greek mythology, right? Because it mm-hmm. it does it does like if if you say the first film it is similar to the Iliad, then this is very much the Odyssey, <laughs> right? Where like he he accomplished the thing he was supposed to, but now there's a lot more meandering that has to happen, right? Yeah. And like this before idea, before he can get back to his GF. Before he can get yeah. back yeah, to his GF, he's gotta get back to his GF, um, so nobody else blinks her. That's like the biggest <laughs> thing. Yeah, that's like the biggest thing mm, out of mm. all of those is you don't want anyone else to blink your GF. It's true. So, dude, at at the very end of the movie, when he uh, Lord Palpatine's all those robots, right? He does that. Yeah. <laughs> That's part of the thing. I mean, this is like a setup for like what's going on in the third movie, which I don't like quite yeah, as dude, much. I see, yeah. Which is like that his his oneness is somehow starting to transfer over into the real world as opposed to just okay, being a okay. construct of the Matrix. Um, and that ties into the whole Agent Smith thing. Um, but I think that is a little bit less clean than I think a lot of the stuff in this movie is, which is why I don't you like the third one quite as much as I like the second one. I still think it's really good, though. That's why there's only two, the Iliad and the Odyssey. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah that's why one. Homer didn't write a third one, because he knew it, it yeah, couldn't he was, be quite he as did, tight. Yeah, he did, and he was like, this isn't... The people said it's not as good. It's not <laughs> <Yeah>. hold up. <laughs> Sequels always do worse. Yep. <laughs> the Odyssey. But I do... Like, they, that's a very human, like, exploration, is that, you know, like, there are forces that are greater than us that we can't overcome. Like, mm-hmm. for the, Gre- the ancient Greeks, it was like, you know, like... Forces of nature or gods, like, there's nothing that we can do to overcome them, except for humans are inherently clever and have, like, so much persistence and perseverance and love mm-hmm. that they will, they, that they actually can overcome those things. Right. Even if they're told that it's impenetrable, which is, like, I think that it's good to have, like, different versions of that story. And this one is mm-hmm. also good when it includes robots. <laughs> right. Robots are fun. Yeah. Robots I mean, are fighting, yeah. I think the big things here, I think people have a hard time with this, like, Harry Potter-ass love is magic, love conquers all <laughs> idea, which, you know what? Grow up. Live a little. Like, come on. <laughs> also, also, love yeah, is fun. Um, welcome to the real world. That's the truth. <laughs> That's, the truth. That's why people make movies about it. All you need is love. Somebody said that. I don't remember who. Uh, <laughs> And I think she obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. it's very dense and complicated and there's a lot of stuff that people don't like. It's the tenant yeah. thing, right? People want to want to feel like they're yeah. on the same page as the movie, but this is a movie that's very dense and crisscrossy and back and yeah, forth. Yeah, the movie and, said you'll never be on the same page as us. Right, like, we're yeah. not on the same page as us. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is one of those movies I'm always fascinated by like these huge like franchise sequels. I mean, I always say that like my favorite genre of movie are like Movies that are, like, franchise sequels where the director gets too much money and does whatever the fuck they want and people hate it, Mm -hmm. right? That's what this movie is to me. That's what Revenge of the Sith is to me. That's what Batman vs. Superman is to me. That's what the Alien prequels are to me. I think those are all incredible (laughs) because they're all, like, super expensive and super serious and super philosophical. And I think that that's incredible. I love that so much. Um... But this is, I think I will definitely like this movie better on the second watching. I was just like not in the correct headspace for it. So when it was like, here's a bunch of dense beliefs and yes. crisscrossing narrative, right. I was like, I don't want this right now. And I bet you'll like it a lot better now that I explained it to you in a very smart yeah, way. Yeah, now that I've now that it's Everyone been mansplained likes it. to me. Exactly. Everyone loves a movie that's been explained yes. to them. 
Lord. Mm-hmm. That's the idea. It's like a joke that you don't get, and then someone explains it, Precisely. and you just laugh all over again. Precisely. Like the first time. Um, That's when... Matt, when my when I I watched Mother before my sister, and one time she was watching it, and I was like, "Oh yeah," because you know it's just like a metaphor for you. I was like, "Like, because that's Jesus," and she was like, "What?" And I was like, "You know," and then she was like, "Oh my god!" I was like, "Because I didn't know she hadn't seen it before." Right? Yeah. It, it's kind of like baked literally into it, though, baby. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and and then she was like, because she was like mad that she didn't get it, and then mad that I told her what it was because she was like, "I would have gotten it at the end." And then it would have been too late by then. That movie is so wild. Maybe that's what we could do on the podcast. Because that was like a really yeah. divisive movie because it was just like so I mean, it's kinda like that thing I was describing where you just it was not like a franchise movie, but it's just like a movie that's too expensive where the director is just doing whatever the hell he wants and people are like, yeah. What is this? Yeah, we hate like, it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you're like, what are you trying what what's the message here? Yeah. What are what you, you saying? And like <laughs> I, that was one of the movies, you know, that came out in theaters while I was working at the movie theater when I was still really kind of figuring out my tastes. And, like, everybody was like, what the hell was that? Like, I remember people, like, making the jerk-off motion a lot when they were talking to me about <laughs> it after I saw it. But I watched it and I was like, I am into this. I like I like that Javier Bardem is God. I like that there's a baby Jesus. I like that they eat the baby. Yeah, that like, they eat. <laughs> they eat the baby. I think it's, it's so much fun. Um, I like when Domino Gleason comes in and they're just wrestling. Yeah. And Kristen Wiig You're just like, shows up and starts shooting people for like two minutes yeah. in the middle of it. <laughs> I know you haven't seen it, Adeline, but Kristen Wiig shows up for no, like two minutes. No, I knew that they ate the baby. I didn't know the rest of this. Uh, it's wild. Yeah, you know, wow. the Bible. It's the Bible. Yeah, you know, the Bible. <laughs> You've read it. It's like this weird allegory for like, you know, the Christian creation yeah. mythology and like, you know, yeah. interacting how, with humanity or whatever. But it's like, you know, set within the confines of a house and like uninvited guests and stuff. It's like so wild and so ridiculous and so self-serious, but I think it's so much fun. Yeah. I like that movie a lot. Um, And a lot of people don't because they were like, like, fuck off, you know? I can see yeah. where people dislike the movie because it maybe is, got a little lost. <laughs> one might say ham-fisted. Yeah, they're like, "Did you know that humans make environment go bad?" And you're like, "Yeah." <laughs> and you're I like, did know "Damn, that. it's very I did unfortunate." It. Damn, it's not good. Mm. But also, maybe this movie is the opposite, where it's like, "Is it ham-fisted?" No, because we're here to confuse you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Now I've thrown him off his rhythm. Yeah. And yeah, I think that like, you know, it's one of those movies where like, you know, I I think it's really funny how sometimes these big franchise like sort of disappointments like come and go and like people see it for the first time and there's like just so much hype and build up like baked into it already that like people oh, just yeah. like it no matter what it is like at first. Like it, I hear that about mm-hmm. Phantom Menace like all the time. That, like, when Phantom oh, yeah. Menace came out, people were just like, yeah, we love this. And that was Star Wars. Star it's great. Wars, yeah. And it wasn't until, yeah. like, a year later that people were like, wait, no, we don't. Wait a minute. <laughs> like, Is this the most boring film ever? Do we um, just sit through two hours of policy talk? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that this is another one of those ones. Like, when I talked to Dad about it, he was like, yeah, me and all my friends, like, loved it. And then, like, all my friends started to hate it after a little while, and I still liked it. <laughs> and, like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
But well, what's the? This is fully. This is fully me stealing the story. But Don Navadon from the Game Grumps always says, always tells the story of the time that he skipped school to go watch Matrix Three in theaters with his study with his buddy, and them like walking out of the theater, being like, "We should have just stayed in school. We shouldn't have <laughs> skipped and watched this." Yeah. Uh, and I feel like it doesn't happen quite as often now. Uh, like the last major one I can think of is probably like Dark Knight Rises. Like, that's a movie yeah. that people were really into when it came out yeah. that hasn't really aged well. Like, we kind of figured out that we didn't actually kind of like it as down much. On, yeah. I watched that movie again for the first time since I was in, like, high school, like, earlier this year. I was like, mm-hmm. this movie's extremely boring. Like, <laughs> this movie's, like, three hours long and very it's really quiet. Long. Yeah. Um, uh, although, can I be honest? I kind of think we might go through that with the new Spider Man <laughs> over the next year or so. This one? Like, not that I don't like it, but I do not think it is as good as people are acting like it is, and I think we might start to figure it out. There was just, I've said it before, I've said it a million times, there was just so much hype. There's just no way. There was was just no way. It was unfortunate how much hype there was. I've noticed that there's been a lot of hate for Spider-Man Far From Home, the second one of the trilogy. It's the best one. I'm sick of it! (laughs) I can't stand it i don't understand why don't people like it it's so good yeah. it's such a good so movie good. i'm so i'm sorry far I'm from just home like, i'm so mad about it far from home is great because every other spider-man movie is about the same thing right power responsibility balancing Teens, balancing love. doing the right thing and having a personal yeah. life being spider-man all that kind of stuff yeah far from home is just like i mean it's about that but it's also just like what is it like to be a crew person on a major blockbuster movie and how that destroys yeah. your soul? <laughs> like, that that's like the subplot of Spider-Man Far From Home, which yeah. I think is incredible. I think it's so good. And then it's also, good. like, how do you have... What's, what's it like to have a little girlfriend? What's it like a little crush? <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. yeah. Isn't that it's so, so nice? Great. What's that like? Yeah. You're like, oh, do you want to go... Do you want to sit next to me at the opera? We can share a pair of opera glasses yeah. because I have a little crush on you, but I don't want to say... That's great! <laughs> it's so good. And the whole scene at the end on the bridge where he's flipping around yeah. and there's drones everywhere. I guess it, it gives so a spidey cool. sense. It's incredible. Can I when, say he's like in, the reason- when he's like in the illusion and it's like just crazy Ooh. and there's zombie Iron Man. I think, so good. I think that was the yeah. last movie I ever saw in 3D was Far From Home. And let me tell you, that mm. sequence in 3D was so cool. Like, that was yeah. one of the few movies where I was like, the 3D was worth it just for that. Yeah, and, this needed to be in 3D. And the scene on the bridge with the drones and stuff was super sick, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the last I noticed movie I saw in 3D was Gravity. That long? Damn, really? That and that was the reason why I stopped seeing movies in 3D. And <laughs> that was, like, the Oh, was it not movie. good? No, it was, it was gorgeous, but it was so spinny. That I yeah. had to like oh, close yeah. my eyes through a lot of the movie. Very spinny movie. Um, and I said, maybe I'll just maybe flat is okay. Maybe, maybe it's okay. don't try to make me throw up in this theater. <laughs> maybe that would be the, right. the vibe. Uh, you guys have any other thoughts about? I mean, I know this has been like the Jackson show, uh, <laughs> but like it was always going to be. Like, let's just admit it. Uh, there is no ch- the, the illusion of choice. The illusion of choice, right? You come in, you're like, I'm probably gonna guys, you're guys, guys, you're never Are gonna you- believe it. I was looking at my computer, <laughs> and then it all turned into green code. And I was looking at the green code, and it was like, you're gonna you're die. Like, wow, and I was like, yeah, I am her. gonna die. And they were like, it's the prophecy that you were gonna die. But I was like, then what if I don't die? And they were like, then damn, bitch, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, welcome to Creepy Pasta Book Club. I've got some options. 
So do we want like a short, funny one or do we want a longer Nintendo one? <laughs> uh, I, I don't care. Whatever you think is best. <laughs> whatever, whatever. The Let me here. The illusion Let me remember how long this one. Do you want is. the red pill or the blue pill? You want the no. red pill or the blue Adeline, pill? Adeline, you decide oh, what's red or blue, line. and let Jackson decide. Okay, red or blue, Jackson. <sighs> I've always considered myself sort of black pilled. Actually, um, there's a subreddit I really like um, that maybe I should talk to you guys <sighs> about. Uh, we haven't really talked about that whole element of the Matrix, but it is a major element of Matrix Resurrection, so we'll talk about it then anyway. Blue pill. Yeah, oh. I noticed <laughs> when I watched the first 45 minutes of Matrix yeah. Resurrections. I'll watch the third one. I can see how that could help. Yeah. Get around to it. The third There's one's some good. Of the dialogue. The thing about the third like, one is that like, you know, this movie is like this weird odyssey where it's like we're meeting all these code guys. It's just like this parade of yeah. like cyber people that we're like meeting and doing all this stuff with. Uh, and then Matrix uh, Revolutions, the third one, is basically like two hours of like the climactic fight scene, right? It's like the machines attacking Zion and them fighting them off and Neo and Agent Smith having their big final battle and all this stuff. That's like really like nonstop for most of the movie. Except for there's like one leftover pervert that we have to meet at the <laughs> beginning. And you're like, this feels like a reloaded part. This should have been in reloaded and we could have just had a tight 90 Whoopsie. of Matrix Revolutions of them shooting yeah. the robots. But instead, they had like one leftover pervert they needed Neo to meet <laughs> that they couldn't put. Pervert. They couldn't put in Reloaded. Oops, all perverts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Matrix Reloaded could have been oops, all perverts, but they accidentally put one in the next one. But it one. wasn't. I forgot about one of them. Mostly, mostly perverts. I'm sorry. Okay, send me the the creepypasta, Adeline. I did. It's in the. Discord. Sorry to keep talking about the movie. The podcast is about. Wait, I want. I had a, one last thought, but I can say after the creepy pasta. Okay, maybe. we'll have a little more talk after the creepy pasta. Uh, this creepy pasta is called. Listen, I don't get to choose when the creepy pastas hack into my computer. <laughs> it just happens. This this creepy pasta is called Yoshi's Curse. <clears throat> because video games, The Matrix. Was... Yeah, this comes from the gaming creepy pasta wiki. The best wiki, honestly. <laughs> Uh, give me just one moment here. Okay. I'm a huge Mario fan, but there's one character I've always loved. Yoshi. Chris Pratt. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite character. I had almost all the old Yoshi games from Yoshi's Cookie to Yoshi's Island. My house burned down recently. My house burnt down recently, and all I had left was all of my Yoshi memorabilia in it. Uh, in the ashes? The uh, just like a, a Yoshi plushie and like a cartridge. So either, I don't know where this is going, either all the Yoshi merchandise supernaturally survived the fire, or there was a fire and he chose to first save all Only of his Yoshi <laughs> memorabilia. Yeah. Or I mean, was there ever really any Yoshi memorabilia? Mm. Is there ever really anything? Was there ever really a fire? Yeah. Mm. Uh, At the time, I was very pissed off. I would be too, actually. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so it's... Okay. It seems like he lost all of his Yoshi memorabilia in the fire. It was just worded incorrectly. All I had left was all of my Yoshi memorabilia in it. So maybe in the... So they were the ashes in the ashes. You were saying all I had left was my Yoshi memorabilia, and then they... 
burnt down in the fire, and now I'm left with nothing. Maybe he was having a hard time before the house fire. He had to sell all his belongings, and then his house burnt down. (laughs) But he still has a house? Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, on my day off, I went to an auction and came across a Yoshi's Island game with an SNES. Nobody seemed to want it, so I was lucky to get it for $5. Would never happen. Why are you going to an auction after your house burns down? <laughs> He's trying to recoup <laughs> to his get losses. stuff. As I was leaving, yeah, though... Yeah, I don't have a home. I need to get more Yoshi stuff. <laughs> As I was leaving, though, a man walked up to me and said that the game was evil and that I should destroy it. I just ignored him and passed him. As I did, though, he said, Beware of Yoshi's curse. I got in my car and went to my house right away to play my new Yoshi's Island game. I guess he has a new house. I don't know. I get, he has a car. Maybe. He's got a house. He's got an SNES. Uh, yeah, that, this is just the moral of the story is it's very important to have like insurance mm. because, yeah. you know, if you lose all of you're your gonna things, replace the company. You're going to replace will... all your stuff with haunted stuff. Yeah. We can't have that. I mean, look, okay, yeah. let's fill in some blanks here. Here's what I choose to believe is happening. House burnt down, lost all his Yoshi memorabilia, huge insurance payout, has a new house, has a new car, whatever. But the insurance company can't just replace 90s video games. Yeah, they're like, Mm. you you can have the money, but... Right, exactly. So So he's shopping. He's using his insurance money to shop for Yoshi memorabilia. Uh... I, but not a girlfriend. But not a not a girlfriend. Maybe he should have gotten no, a GF. No, because the girlfriend will come with the Yoshi. Story. With the once he gets all the Yoshi memorabilia, then. I mean, that's okay. what they always say, right? Like you got to sort yourself out first before you can expect anybody else to be with you. Yeah, so. and he can't exactly. love himself if he doesn't. He have doesn't all have Yoshi Yoshi's Island. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I chose a new file and began to play the game. There was only one world on the map. I chose the world and chose the first stage. A text box appeared stating, If you start this game, you won't escape. Do you still want to continue? Curious. It's nice of the ghost. It's nice of them to give <laughs> them, yeah, like, hey, nice, do you yeah. not want to be haunted? And if you're like, just no, I no. don't. They'd be like, okay, then yeah, just uh, just return it to the auction store and you're good. Curious. <laughs> I chose yes. But just then, though, I heard a door slam. I shrugged it off because it was windy outside. And that happens when you leave a window open. That's true. This guy's very smart. That does happen. The game loaded, and the first thing that was off was that Baby Mario wasn't on Yoshi's back. The second thing that caught my eye... All you real gamers know that he's supposed to be there. Mm -hmm. So if you didn't know that, get out of here. The second thing that caught my eye is that the Yoshi was pale, almost ghost white. It seemed very aggravated at first. The stage was a flat, (laughs) dark level. And its eyes were red. Mm. It was... It was hyper-realistic, and it had blood coming out of its eyes. <laughs> that's not in there. That's me editorializing. It looked like a real dinosaur. <laughs> As I progressed, the Yoshi seemed to get less aggravated and started to become scared. Occasionally, I heard the screams of Yoshis and Baby Mario in the background. What? After a while, I started to see Yoshi corpses scattered around the stage. The screen Ooh. went black, and a low demonic laugh started. Then stage two began. The level was called Run Away. Yoshi appeared and a black shadow began to follow him at lightning fast speeds. I ran and ran, but no matter how much I ran, he still caught me. I saw Yoshi in a corridor, similar to Baby Bowser's castle. I started to run through the level when I saw a horrific sight. 
Yoshis hung by steel chains. Burn marks, cuts, <laughs> gashes. They were killed in so many ways that I felt sick to my stomach. But it's still like Mario animation. <laughs> yeah, right? uh, yeah, yes. it's still very pixel cartoony. Art. Yeah. So I kept telling myself that it was just a game. A part of me wanted to stop playing and destroy the game. The other half. But do we ever really have a choice? <laughs> the other half, though, wanted to get revenge on whoever did this to all these innocent creatures. <laughs> This actually sounds like a really awesome game. They had to avenge them. <laughs> uh, Where it's like, yeah, you're just you're just John Wicking. Yeah. Like the Yoshi. Yeah. You That's killed my the Yoshi that my wife gave right. me. My yeah. mind was made up. I needed to find out who caused all of this. This is fucking just like Matrix Reloaded. The illusion of change, <laughs> the circumstances dictating your decisions. Damn. I needed to find out who caused all of this. I saw a door and went inside of it. I stood in Baby Bowser's playroom. I moved and saw the green Yoshi eating Baby Mario and Luigi just like mother. It's just <laughs> like mother. How did it know? Do you think that this story didn't exist until we said all these things mm. and it just like adapted? Figured it out. It's like AI generated. <laughs> this is incredible. <laughs> I also saw Baby Bowser's bones laying in a pile in the corner of the room. Oh, no. Covered in bits thorough. and pieces of flesh, blood on the floor. Not that thorough. <laughs> the green Yoshi stood up and started to beat my Yoshi to a bloody pulp. I felt so bad for my Yoshi because I had no control of him. It's like that. <laughs> so we made fun of Tabby for the Pikachu slap at the other <laughs> yeah. Pikachu game. <laughs> the green Yoshi ended it very quickly and proceeded to eat the pale Yoshi. After a minute or two, he stopped. He looked at me with blank eyes and a blank expression. Then he said, I'm going to do a Yoshi voice for this. <clears throat> then he said, Are you a practice on yourself? That was Toad. Hold on. That was Toad. <laughs> what does Yoshi sound like? I guess he doesn't talk. Really? Yoshi, goes, Yoshi! Yoshi! You have brought this on Yoshi. yourself! I will always haunt your dreams and your life! Waha! That, that was Mickey Mouse. <laughs> I don't know. Waha. Yoshi doesn't talk enough. I know he goes... Yoshi doesn't he just says Yoshi. 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 I was trying to extrapolate a voice from Yoshi, yeah. but I can't do it. <laughs> uh, then the system shut itself off. When will it end? No matter how much I try, I can't destroy the cartridge. He haunts me day and night, day after day. The cartridge always appears in my room, ready to play. It's the end of the story. <laughs> the, the I don't know, that's kind of lit. That's kind of the dream. The illusion got, of like, choice. I love creepy pastas where nothing happens. Yeah. Are there comments yeah, on this? Like, this sucks. Kind of sucks that he's he won't leave me alone now. Zero comments. We got here early, fellas. When was this? If person? I ever become a billionaire, I'm gonna fund like, and we're gonna make a, a Super Mario Brothers, but it's anytime somebody dies, it's gonna be extremely graphic. <laughs> like, if you fall Damn. in lava, you're gonna watch them burn to death. And sell them at garage sales. It'll... Yeah. Yeah. Or, like, it... when the fire... <sighs> yeah, everyone thinks it's the original version, but they turn it on, they're like, what? <laughs> Why is there so much blood? <laughs> He's staring right at me. So, that would be like every the time perfect you stomp con. a Goomba. Every time you stop, stomp a Goomba. I mean, look. Squash. People make like ROM hacks of old video games all the time. It's possible oh, yeah. to load those onto cartridges. It's been done. 
Like, I don't think yeah. I have the capacity to do it. I'd have to, like, figure Someone, it out. But, but somebody that's, that's does. Like it it would, it would not money. be at all difficult to make a fucking insane creepypasta Mario game, load it onto a cartridge, and just sell it at a garage sale to an unsuspecting <laughs> victim. Like, Guys, this actually really did <laughs> happen. I swear so to God. Good. There would be no way <laughs> to monitor it, people. though. <laughs> Yeah, you'd have to, you scratch out the eyes, though, and, like, write in white, like, he won't leave you alone. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, like, an experiment to see if they actually do, like, psychologically right. Mario killed my mom. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like that one. It's a good I thought one. It was good. It's good. No, Solid. That was a good one. I liked it very much. Okay, final thoughts on Matrix Reloaded. One, best movie ever made. Two, uh, everybody who doesn't like it is lame and stupid, and I'm smarter than them. Uh... Number three. That can't be the thesis for every movie we <laughs> I talk about. I, mean, I don't know. I've been thinking about it a lot, actually, because I feel like that might end up... It's kind of inherent to the the, the thing. It's like, yeah, we like true. this We're thing that other people don't. And when you can explain yeah. really eloquently why you like it, it kind of turns into I'm smart and you're stupid for not yeah, liking it. And I don't true. want that to yeah. actually be the thing, but it's hard to not come across that way. Does that make sense? To not, like, slowly... Yeah. yeah. No, I see what you yeah. So I'm trying to figure out... I mean, to out. just, like... As long as you, like, as the individual listening, like, give these things a chance rather than just kind of, like... I feel like a lot of these movies, like, they're considered yeah. bad because someone says that they're bad and then they're just a bad movie for the right. rest of forever. Like, give movies a chance if it's not your cup mm-hmm. of tea. Great. Like, I don't know. Like, I just said uh, that, that kind of, like, warning of just, like... It's yeah. all opinions, my guy. <laughs> just because something is art doesn't mean that you have to like right. it. <laughs> it's true. To me... I like. I feel like this, like talking the movies we talk about, is this is actually worth a rewatch, and here's why. Right. Like I yeah. think that Matrix Reloaded does the, the thing that sequels are supposed to do very well, and that is like expand on the world, um, like create like new problems that the protagonist has to solve, and then also makes us care more deeply for the characters or for new characters and i feel like that, has, all those things happen yeah totally and it has a bunch of cyber perverts and more cyber perverts yes like you like it has all the things because people nowadays will be like it's just especially in a post like star wars episode seven world are really upset when a movie is just like a sequel is just the same thing as the original right or like it mm-hmm. feels very similar and this movie does not feel that way it feels very different and that's mm-hmm. good. That's a good thing. It's. I think that's good. Should so, we start calling end. our audience cyber perverts? Is that the name cyber for pervs? fans of Cy- the Cool Takes podcast? Per- but Cy- you can't perverts. put that on a t-shirt. You can't sell that. I am a cyber pervert. <laughs> Ask me about my cyber pervert. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that's the one. <sighs> we'll, we'll ask Renee, see how she feels. <laughs> uh, She's our... All right. So, uh, would you guys? Or hold on. Do we do plugs before or after the review? We do plugs first. We've usually done plugs we do first. Plugs. Uh, so, hey guys. Uh, oh, first gosh. things first. We have a Patreon now. It is up and we running. Do. We've got two commentary tracks and two bonus, three bonus episodes up on it currently. We are going Full to house. be. Uh, uploading new bonus episodes every Friday. These are anywhere between 15 minutes and a half hour of us talking about some other thing. Today, we are going to record one where Keisha has a game 
set up for us. We don't know yeah. what it is. Some sort a of, year in review, 2025. Some sort of trivia game. <laughs> That's what's going to be coming this Friday on the Patreon. Um, if And the other thing we do on the Patreon is we do commentary tracks for movies as voted on by the listeners. You are free to nominate any movie you want for us to watch and do a commentary track on. So if you want to vote for that, that is in our Discord server, which you can find in the bio of our Twitch. Um, or in the in the description of the podcast episodes. There's a channel there. You can type in whatever the hell you want. And whatever movie has the most votes, has the most thumbs up reactions on it, by the time we record it, is the one we're doing. In the lead right now is Knives Out, which is pretty exciting considering which last time... Which is a very good would like movie. to watch, please. Which is considering <laughs> last time they made us watch Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. So, it just seems who's like to say? out of the fairness and balance of the universe. Yes. If there is r- truly entropy. Yes. And you do not have to be a Patreon subscriber in order to vote on that. Uh, maybe you should be. I mean, we only have a couple Patreon subscribers right now. Someday in the future, this will be behind the Patreon paywall. But as of right now, like, just like free for all. Yeah. Anybody or their brother could be like, ooh, watch. Short boy, love a girl. That was a bad joke. I mean, you won't reap the rewards of your goof. Yes, but I mean. exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what's that's what's so fun about it. No rules. No rules. Just right. The only rule is it has to be Abbeys. available on uh, home video. Otherwise, it could be a movie we've done on the podcast. It could be a movie we've already done a commentary track for. It could be like any movie you want. No rules. Uh, so that's exciting. You can vote there. Uh, if you're watching on Twitch, you can listen to our podcast on, uh, all podcast platforms. If you're listening to the podcast on podcast platforms, we stream the show live on Twitch for the most part, every Saturday morning. Uh, and we are at, uh, twitch.tv slash cool takes pod. Uh, you can follow all of us on Twitter. I am at Jepperpack. Adeline is at Hullabackhorse and Keija runs our podcast twitter account at cool takes pod um and having said that would you guys like to hear a five-star review of matrix reloaded yes go for it so uh this review comes from letterbox.com and this person says i have not seen the movie but boy do i love what it has done to the red pill men i don't know if i got the pill color wrong or if i got the movie wrong but i hope they stay mad Preach. <laughs> you know, yeah. That is free will is writing a review for a movie that you haven't watched. That you haven't seen. Yeah. yeah. You can't you can't make that happen. I <laughs> that is purely it. choice. I think they might have meant to le- leave this review for the new Matrix movie. Not a hundred percent sure maybe. though. Just maybe. Uh so anyway. Only the o- robot overlords, no. Uh my name is Jackson McMurray. My name is Adeline McMurray. My name is Keisha Rhodes. And this has been Cool Takes Pod. We are now going to go record our Patreon bonus episode. So join us over there if you would like to. And that's all. Thank you, guys. And next week, probably... I have... Next week, uh, Matrix Revelations. Matrix 3. I don't know. Okay. We have kind of flying by the seat of our pants this month.